Welcome to You Did What? The podcast which analyzes all things marketing. Your hosts, Sherry Lambert and Jim Thompson, debate current brands, strategies, and actions. Hello, Sherry. Welcome back after Thanksgiving. Thank you, Jim. I waddled into the studio today. <laughs> I certainly uh, ate up. Um, although it's interesting, I weighed myself after we got home because we were away. Um, and one benefit of going away to fam- with family for Thanksgiving is we don't have any leftovers in the house. It's fabulous. So I missed the leftovers, but not the calories. At any rate, I, I assumed I was going to top out at a record number. And instead, I lost weight during the weekend. That's amazing. Yeah, part of it is... I want that diet. Uh, yeah, well, I go walking, you know, and with, and with my sister, and in this case with others. Um, and it was funny because in my class recently, one of the topics was um, why do people from the U.S., uh, when they go to Europe on vacation, even though they eat and maybe have wine, they lose weight. Mm. And part of it's that they're walking a lot, and the other part is it's healthier eating. It is. A lot of less preservatives yep. in their food. Even if I hear so many people say, oh, I did 10 days or 12 days in Italy. I had pasta and bread every night. How did I lose weight? Yeah. And it is because it's all healthier. It's all made fresh. There's no preservatives. And you are getting 20,000 steps in a day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That'll do it. (laughs) That'll do it. So which one is it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, well, uh, speaking of Thanksgiving weekend, of course, uh, when we land on Friday, it's Black Friday. And then the following Monday is Cyber Monday. And so. And Small Business Saturday in between that. I should not have missed that. Thank you. Uh, I'm properly admonished for miss- yes. missing that. Um, and um, so the, you know, some of the doomsayers like Bloomberg, is, uh, if, if there was a headline that said, world peace everywhere, the second line in Bloomberg would be, why that's not a good idea. I, I know. <laughs> but, but I don't want to be your curmudgeon. I'm, I, I'm worried that each week I'm a curmudgeon, so I'm not going to be a curmudgeon. Um, <laughs> Anyway, some but a lot of places said, "Oh, it's not going to be good." You know, people are cutting back. It was record levels. Yes, uh, record levels pre pre pandemic. Yeah, they're saying both, um, as you said, in stores, brick and mortar, and online, small businesses got it as well, which was fantastic. Yeah, um, and so um, it's it's really interesting that. It, you know, because a lot of the naysayers were like, well, with all the inflation, people are cutting back. And, um, well, for one, gas prices are way down. Um, food prices for Thanksgiving dinner were down. We talked about that before. Um, not everything's down. It's certainly not down to pre-pandemic levels. Mm-mm. But the spending was up. Yeah. Well, and incomes are much higher than pre-pandemic yep. levels, which never gets mentioned. Um, employment rates are higher than pre-pandemic. That doesn't get mentioned either. So inflation is absolutely affecting poorer people really badly, Mm -hmm. uh, or it's affecting them in a bad way. Um, But it's not clearly not overall affecting the economy. And and this doesn't even include all the services like travel-related spending. One article talked about, well, uh, BNPL was one of the drivers of the increases, but they had numbers in the article. So I did the math. And they basically, 
there, if you did the math, it was that 0.7% of total spending was attributable. Really? So, 0. Uh, 0. 0.7. 0.7. So now they're looking at apps that are buy now, pay later, like Klarna or mm-hmm. and the like. Credit cards are buy now, pay later, mm-hmm. but they don't get included in that. I just thought it was mm-hmm. interesting to cite that as one of the reasons people were spending. And then when you do the math, it was a pretty small percentage of what yes. people were spending. I think part of that is just BNPL, buy now, pay later, is very much a Gen Z uh, phenomenon. It is. Somewhat, somewhat uh, millennials, but pretty much Gen Z. And the real spending power, of course, is uh, as you get older and have more money. Um so speaking of acknowledgement, you got an award today. Oh, thank you, Jim. So it was very fun. We went to the Fox School of Business Research Awards, and it was wonderful when they your picture appeared on the screen, and there you were getting an award representing the marketing department. So what did you do? So it was for the Translational Research Award, and I'm happy to say that I, I was one of the recipients for case-based research. Uh, Niha, Dr. Niha Mattel was also one of the recipients. And I, I just think it's great because, you know, in academia, you need to do writing, you need to do research, and it's part of your scholarly, you know, piece of the pie, so to speak. And I prefer to write um, about real life experiences. And so it was interesting, and you coming from from the field as well, from industry, you know that's how you teach in a classroom, right? You're bringing all this information about clients or companies that you worked with, and and you're sharing that into the classroom. And at one point, um, a professor here at at Fox, T.L. Hill, said, Sherry, you should write these stories you share in your classroom. Those are cases. You're just sharing them, but now you should document them. So I started writing case research and started learning how to write case cases and teaching by the case method formally. And I'm, I'm really honored uh, that I was recognized um, for last academic year for my case-based research. Yep. So um, pat on my back. Absolutely. It's great. I mean, you Thank have you. you have a stick-to-itiveness ability to write cases that I wouldn't have. Oh. I, I couldn't do it. So I tried to get you to. I know you did. You said, I'll write the whole thing, and you can put your name on it. You didn't really say that. I didn't but say that, that. That's pretty much what you'd have to do. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much for the recognition and the kudos. Oh, absolutely. And you deserve out. it. It's, a, thank it's you. amazing. All the, and, and you've done um, a number of cases where you've written up. You've worked with uh, companies and written up cases on them. You've done a really neat social case which will come out um which is really impressive so i'm i'm in yeah. awe I'm thank in awe you of your so ability. much yeah we've done some some really fun ones through the years you know nonprofit, for profit um lots focused obviously in marketing and branding and i'm really excited when um when we have a case that i'm writing that involves a student and so just recently, I had a student, Joe, come to me and say, I want, I want to write, ca- uh, write a case with you. So he'll be writing um, a case with me on a, on a new venture. So I'm very excited. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. So, um, you know, one of the exciting pieces of news this week was the news about Bowie the lobster. Bowie as in David <laughs> Bowie. Um, <laughs> So, Bowie, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm sure you're, you know, every, you were very busy, and so the news may not have made it through. <laughs> Let me Google that right now. <laughs> 
But um, I never knew that lobsters can come in different colors. No, I thought they're just red well, until always, they die. I always And they get that. boiled and they're blue. But um, Or they're blue and then they're red once they get boiled. Yeah, well, okay, well something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> at any rate, Bowie is blue and red. And Bowie is male and female. Okay. So. Um, Why uh, is that? It's one in 50 million, I think they said. Oh, my gosh. He call- is half blue, half red. Yeah. Can you ma- In the U.S., there's something that's half blue and half red. Um, Shocking. <laughs> I don't- is it split? <laughs> so I don't. I, I'm pretty sure that neither Fox nor MSNBC ran this story because they don't want to believe that anything is half red and half. Blue. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Bicolored lobster is one in fifty million. They come orange, they come halves, and they come calico. Yep. I wonder if that's like a calico cat, and you know how calico cats are generally female. Yep. I wonder if calico lobsters are female. Could be. It very much could be. So apparently, uh, at any rate, it was very exciting to see that, you know, but I don't know why they named it after David Bowie. I didn't read that far into the article. Um, probably the... Do you think it's really named after David Bowie? Yes. Oh, it is? Yes. Yes, I'm reading that now. <laughs> okay. It's so, very rare, though. So I guess came, David Bowie's very rare. Maybe he came back. Maybe he got re-incarnated as a... Um, as a lobster. Wow. <laughs> uh, I have another line to go with this, but we'll do that off air. Oh, um, you know, David Bowie was, was, they asked people, market research, what they should name this half lobster, half colored lobster. And people, consumers came back with the name David Bowie. Because he is famously known as being hydrogenous yeah. and appeared to have different colored eyes. But they named him. The people chose this. This is great. Mark, thank you for bringing the article up while we're doing the podcast. This is marketing research at its best. How should we brand this lobster? I think it's fabulous. That's so the way, People Choice that, Awards. Absolutely. And that's much better branding than Max from HBO Max. Yes. <laughs> but I digress. Um um, speaking of, of words, so last week, or one of the recent um, podcasts, we noted that headwinds was everywhere. Mm. You can't read um, an, an earnings yes. report. You can't hear um, a business leader talk without citing the headwinds that oh. are up against them. Um, and so I've dubbed that the word of the year. But somebody else has decided that choiceful is the CEO word of the year, that CEOs mm. are using the word choiceful. I don't know if that's true or not. I just keep seeing headwinds. I think we should look that up for our next podcast because I know like l- the year before last, it was leaning in. Yeah. And during the, the shortly after the um, pandemic, it was pivot. And it was pivot, you know, for marketing strategies and branding. And it's time to pivot. And it's time for the companies to pivot. It's time for people to pivot. Um, I know that in the 90s, it was, we're going to put it in the parking lot. Yeah. Right? There's always a word. Hmm. So in the general population, the Merriam-Webster people have said that the word of the year is authentic. Ooh. So now they they were saying that it was the a word that was searched more often than others. But in an uh, the year of AI, it probably mm. makes some sense that authentic. It does make sense, and you know we there. talk a lot about in marketing and branding that, especially when you get 
into company branding, that a lot of company branding really is anchored off of like a CEO or a person, right, of the brand. So then your personal branding becomes so so infused in your overall corporate branding. Mm -hmm. So now there's this whole thing about if you're getting and you're talking about personal branding and the branding of a company, you have to be authentic. So that makes a lot of sense that that could be the business word also because, you know, people see through, right, the transparency. People see through a lot of the, the BS meter and different things like that, and they can tell whether your brand is authentic. Yep. And I think that's really interesting. It's probably because I'm, I'm coming off of writing a case about an a NFL athlete who is really proud of the fact that he believes his personal brand is, is authentic to who nice. he is. Well, we'll have to hear about that in a future episode. Exactly. We'll, we'll probably have to have him come on. That would be pretty interesting. Um, so... Um, now, let's see. Oh, as a follow-up, this is, goes back to retail. I'm going to be mm. a curmudgeon again. Um, <laughs> oh, dear so Lord. So we talked about how Target, you know, they Q2, they said, well, theft was why their sale, their, their profits and sales were down, or profits were down. And then Q3, they said, well, people are cutting back. That's why our sales are down. Of course, they're not really cutting back. Um, and then there was an article literally today, the New York Times um, put out an article saying that all, if you ask people what they think is going on with shoplifting and retail theft, they would say it's through the roof. It's never been this bad. And the reality is that it's actually down in the mm-hmm. U.S. Mm-hmm. In New York, it's up, New York City, and a couple other big cities. But they said outside of those, it's down. And so this is that whole thing of perception and reality. And uh, I don't want to pick on news sources, but highlighting something with a video that's really sensational and making it seem like it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's a shame because, and, and I don't even want to talk about the the most recent one in Los Angeles and the store that it was there. And, and that went viral like crazy. Yep. And because of that, people think that it's more than one incident. Right. And it's one incidence. It was one store in L.A. that this happened. And but it was over and over and over shown on news media feeds. It was shown on social channels, political ads, political ads and people with these over, you know, overriding and then voiceovers on it. And so people think it's like running rampant. But the research is showing it's not. It's actually down. And so shame on them. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to stop um, news sources from, say, you know, yeah. running sensationalized story. That well, get, and gets that, that sales, right? Yeah, like, That sells it. Um, so, um, and then we'll have to come back to how malls are doing because there is some, you know, some notion of, oh, malls are in big trouble, mm. but it depends on the mall. And so we'll cover this at another time. But the, the malls that are, re- you know, big regional malls, some other ones are doing very, very well. Mm-hmm. And then others that got you sometimes usurped by regional malls. There's one mm-hmm. out in the suburbs in Philadelphia, outside of Philadelphia that did. They're not doing well. And mm-hmm. some strip centers are not doing well either. But we'll come back to but that. But you also got to think about the proximity of these. They're yeah. so close yeah. to these big regional malls. I don't know how they're going to survive if if i'm a consumer i'm going to go to the small businesses you know the local mom and pops and or the big mall i'm not going to go to this medium mall what's that going to do it's you know uh, so anyways that's for another discussion yep so um 
Um, uh, I wanted to bring this one up. This has to do with advertising, and then we'll get into holiday ads. Mm. But it's interesting what YouTube is now doing. If people are using ad blockers, then they now get a message that says, um, we do not allow ad blockers on the platform. This is because they're getting paid a lot of money by marketers to run ads. And so you can choose to watch the ad for, you know, five seconds, whatever, and then hit skip. But if you're using an ad blocker, you now get a message that says, we don't allow ad blockers. You're welcome to um, either watch the ads or you can pay to get YouTube without ads mm -hmm. for this month per month. So it's interesting that they're, they're, they're being that assertive in that way. Yeah, and I, I think people are willing, you know, I um, was fortunate to have um, Warner Brothers Discovery Max come to the classroom to talk, and people are willing to have a certain amount of ads come on yeah. without paying yeah. um, for their streaming service or paying a reduced streaming service. So um, I think the ad blocker thing is going to, you know, just it's it's going to help YouTube and others because people aren't going to care that they don't have to block an ad. Right. They'll, they'll watch an ad yeah. for a short amount of time, or they'll use that time to go get a water from yeah. the refrigerator. It, it's um, it's interesting because YouTube's different than streaming services because mm -hmm. what you're watching on a streaming service could be 30 minutes, could be two hours, mm -hmm. and so um, historically, before streaming. Um, um, and most, and, and other than a few uh, movie channels on cable, people always had ads. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's different than YouTube where you go and you just want to watch like a two-minute video. Mm -hmm. It's different there. In but the ads are in the beginning. Yeah. So anyway, I, I don't think it's going to hurt YouTube at all. No. Um, they're one of the big winners of streaming, mm -hmm. if you will. But it's just interesting that they are now, and I think that same technology will get implemented yeah. by lots of others. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as well. Um, so uh, I, we, I do want to talk with you at some point. We've alluded to this, and we both think it's an issue, but um, ad frequency, whether mm -hmm. it's the number of ads that mm -hmm. are on, a, on a, a content or the same ad running over and over and over mm. again. So we do want to touch that uh, in a subsequent um, episode. Oh, wow. We should probably have... Um we should get our friends from Warner Brothers to come. Sure. She can talk about the different ads. And there's some unique ones out there now where consumers can choose which ad they want to watch. You yeah. have a choice between ad A or ad B. Yeah. And you can choose that. So that might be interesting. So, yeah, absolutely. So we'll definitely have to do that probably after the after the start of the mm -hmm. new year. Um, and then speaking of holiday ads, so they're they're out there. They've been out ah. for a few weeks now. I love this time of year for ads. It's like the Super Bowl for advertisers. I love it. It's fantastic. What have you seen that you love? So, um, well, I, I posted, I, I think you may have seen it. There's this ad from this pub in Northern Ireland. It's in Enniskillen. Uh, and I haven't been to Northern Ireland, but I'm familiar with Enniskillen. Anyway, it's just for a pub. And they filmed it. You know, I think probably somebody used an iPhone to do it, I'm guessing. Fabulous. And, um, and, and, but it's a really cute ad. Um, and um, it's, I don't know, I don't, I could describe the ad or people can just go find it. But it's for Charlie's Pub in Enniskillen in Northern Ireland. Love and it's it. a, it's a, 
it stars um, an elderly gentleman, a couple, and their dog. A young, you know, younger couple and their dog. So, but see, it broke through. It's great. That's what we care it's, about. It's really as marketers. Yeah. That's what we care about: breaking through that clutter. Yep. So, how about you? Oh my gosh, the latest ad that I just saw, and and I saw it on a streaming service, then I saw it come up through socials, was uh, Amazon, and um, I just love love it's the most charming holiday ad and it um i'm sure you saw it it has uh three friends and they're sitting maybe waiting for a bus or they're just sitting somewhere and they the one friend brings a box and it's a package amazon package and then it it goes and shows them on the top of a sledding hill and they're coming down on this package that she obviously ordered for her friends, right? And Amazon could have done what a lot of companies do and a lot of brands do is talk about their features and benefits, right? But not this ad. This ad focused on what they do, the why, the why. Their why is bringing joy, right, to these three, three friends that have been lifelong friends and this connection that Amazon brought them all three together to sled. So there was some nostalgia in there. It was just, it was perfect. I think it was brilliant. Hats off to them. Um, it's, you know, what the ultimate message was, was that Amazon can provide the right or the perfect gift or the perfect item to make your holiday season special. And I think hats off. I think I, if you haven't seen it, Jim, you have to see it. Oh, I've seen I it think countless they, times. Oh, right? It's so good. Like, and you want to watch it again. And I'm all happy. And then now I wanted to buy things for my friends. And I thought that was great. So, well, thank you for describing. I looked at it a little bit differently. It's, you know, it's a... You said joy. That's the right word in the ad. And nostalgia and mm -hmm. the three friends doing something t together that they, might have, that they might have done 50 years ago. Yes. And so that's and I didn't think at all about Amazon. Delivers Maybe the 60, 70. Gifts. OK. Yeah. But yeah. see, and then I got that connection right. that they're delivering this perfect gift. You know, the, to make your holiday season special. So, well, the good news is that neither of us picked the this year's Hess toy truck as the ad. <laughs> this is true. I did see that ad, too. And I think I got up to get water or a drink out of my fridge. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, this has been a great discussion. It's, welcome back from Thanksgiving. I'm going to go walk about 10 miles to get rid of uh, last week's uh, food. Me too. Um, and we'll look forward to talking again next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The You Did What podcast is a production of the Temple University American Marketing Association student chapter. Our editors are TUAMA students Joseph Del Grippo, Abhijit Chaudhary, and Mackenzie Jones, and our technical advisor is Jennifer Zalia.